0: Welcome to the Televerse, the podcast just for TV. Because it's great, we're lucky they make so many fun programs to see. Your also and Kate like to debate the merits of all that they've seen comedy, genre, reality, drama, and anything that's in between. Welcome to the Televerse, the of the show. Hello, and welcome to the Televerse. This is Kate Kalzik, and I'm joined as ever by Noel Kirkpatrick. Uh, Noel, you're sick.
1: Yeah, this is the deepest my voice has ever been. Um, I've been describing it as a uh, B. Arthur on a serious bender um, is the best way. I feel to like that's a life it.
0: goal, though. I feel like there's some right, life goal stuff right. in there.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, B. Arthur on a bender has to be amazing,
0: right? I feel like there's has stories to, there.
1: There, has, that has to be like the best Wednesday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> now you've got me thinking B Arthur uh, at, in bars which of course took me to Star Wars Christmas special and that's unfortunate. Um, that is
1: unfortunate. I'm I apologize. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um now because Noel is under the weather we're keeping the podcast short this week. Um so we'll I will I will have thoughts next week on The Girls premiere um on um uh, The Path um, likely on uh, Madiba. Um, but we're going to just kind of keep things pretty pretty uh, brief here for our weekend TV, just a handful of shows. We did want to mention up here at the top, though, that Superstore, which we will be talking about a little later, got renewed for Season 3. I did not expect that this soon.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I feel like a Season 3 was um, going to happen. I just didn't expect it to get 22 episodes. Yeah. That, that, that's a big vote of um, confidence for the show that they want to, like, build off of it somehow.
0: And a big vote for, we don't have very many shows. <laughs>
1: there's, there's also that. I mean, let's not forget that. Yeah. But, I mean, if there's hope for Carmichael's show to get maybe more than 13 episodes at this point, I feel like. Hmm. Maybe. If they want to do that. We'll Probably see. not. Let's, we'll yeah. see.
0: Let's let's not jinx it. This week, um, we are doing our own two-person DVD shelf. We are talking about, we're getting ready for Klexicon by talking about Carmilla. Are you excited?
1: I am very excited. I finished it um, today
0: mm-hmm.
1: while I was trying not to fall asleep because that's how <laughs> dedicated I am.
0: Now, were you? my question is, how hopped up on meds were you at this time?
1: Uh, well, considering I'm just on ibuprofen and a, a cough med, um, not like super high, okay. Um, but not high. I wish I were higher, but I'm not.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. You're not even having the fun loopy sick.
1: No. Well, I mean, I'm loopy in terms of my brain needs rest. Um.
0: <laughs> well, and that theme, let's go ahead and take a break here and uh, listen to a little music and come back with our weekend TV. We'll be right back after this. week in TV, we're talking about, or I should say I'm going to talk a bit about the pilot for, or the premiere for Doubt pilot, which Noel, of course, you already talked about in our TV preview. Then we'll be talking a bit about Supergirl Luthers because we have to. So much Lena goodness. Um, More on that in a (laughs) little... (laughs) <laughs> more on that in a little bit. Um, then we'll—I'll be talking a bit about Arrow, which Noel, you're still not watching, but they—they they did a very special episode. Um, again, more on that in a bit. Uh, we'll round out our little superhero trio with Legion. Some thoughts on the second episode, uh, chapter two. Um, before we hop over to Superstore, Super Hot Store, and round things out, of course, with Jane the Virgin. We spotlight our episode last week. We have many thoughts. On, on this uh, I'm sure on on this week's jump forward in time but first up is doubt and Noel I said I was going to check this one out uh, despite your warning me away in the preview mostly just for representation in Liver and Cox basically right which I think that's a fair reason which I feel like I was not gonna watch for any other reason after you know hearing your thoughts on it and uh, Goodness gracious, do I not like so much of this show? <laughs> Basically, everything you warned me about, and everything I'm guessing you would expect me to not like. Um, there are parts of this show that I could really like, and yeah. I'm guessing they're yeah. very similar to yours. But um, Dule Hill's National Treasure, as we all know. He is. Yes, yes. Um, and I actually really like some of the stuff they give Laverne Cox to do. I appreciate the entire cast, um, except for Catherine Heigl, but I don't can't really blame her because the material they're giving her is so bad. We're supposed to believe she bikes to work. She bikes through traffic with her perfectly styled hair, hairsprayed hair. And then her buddy just carries around her skirt for her so that she can hop off her bike and and later we see her in a total bodycon blue dress bringing her bike inside. It's like you can barely walk in that dress. So are you saying you folded up that perfectly pressed dress into your messenger bag took your bike into the bathroom changed in the bathroom took your bike outside of the bathroom went back outside and then walked in in that it's just absurd
1: and didn't get any like oil or anything. no oil in The gears. Yeah, yeah. again
0: nothing. perfectly quaffed hair it's just it's just a stupid thing to do. It's just stupid. There's no reason for it. It doesn't tell us anything about the character. They just want it to be like, she doesn't play by the rules, guys. By bicycling. By, by bicycling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it tells us nothing about the character, and it's just... It just shows a lack of uh, thought, a lack of respect for the audience, and a complete misplacement of uh, priorities by the writers to do something that stupid uh to not just look at that part of the script and go okay well that's absurd so let's I I see what you're doing there character wise but let's spend our energies let's convey this in a different way that yeah um however like I said it's it's just lovely to see a show have a character who is trans who is a trans woman of color um of course played by Oliver and Cox and have that come up in the first episode and literally say Yes, this is real, because <laughs> the the patient or her, her client is, is off of his meds and is uncertain of reality. So I I can appreciate the uh, um unsubtle uh, elements of this episode in relation to that character. The stuff that we get with her, sorry, her meaning Catherine um, Heigl's character and her backstory and her love interest and all of that is really bad. But I do think that there could be a, an interesting show here. Like, once they realize that this is a stupid idea to do, center everything out, this idea of Catherine Heigl, who's the best lawyer ever, except when she's f- randomly falling in love with her clients. Um,
1: well, for, well, a client. A client. Not the clients, but just the, just, the, the hunky doctor. He's not even singing.
0: Again, I go back to if you're casting Stephen Pasqual, and again, it's it's Pasqual, right? Is how he's pronounced. I've I've done it wrong before.
1: I've done it wrong numerous times before. I'm sure. I don't know.
0: At the very least, you need like like if he's singing, then I will go with it slightly more because the man's got a very <laughs> good voice. But like it's like he's a- attractive and p- promises he didn't kill anyone, guys. I mean. <sighs> the the reason she gives of he's just so polite to the guards every time it's like you realize there are crazy people like i that's i shouldn't use that term there are very violent horrible people who are also polite you can be a murderer and also polite like well i mean
1: we know that we watched hannibal hannibal was very polite
0: very polite mm. um but yeah this idea that if you are if you are In in your interactions, if you are polite and sociable, that means that you aren't also... uh, You don't subscribe to horrible beliefs and values is something that is coming up a lot in our political sphere. of like this inability to believe that that people can be perfectly pleasant when you talk to them and also capable of perpetrating or contributing to violence and persecution. Like... Guys, they're not mutually exclusive. Of course, yes, I'm sure everyone's tired of me talking about politics. It's just like, I can't not see that right now. So, Well,
1: I mean, when we get to the good fight next week, I mean, yeah. you'll have your fill.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yes, yeah, so that always puzzles me when that comes up. Like, oh, well, but they're so nice. Like, how seriously, he seemed so nice is like literally like that's like the go-to... Serial Any-
1: killer description
0: yes so anyways um, that part of the show is really bad like you said um, i think i'm slightly more optimistic about the other corners of the show but not enough i don't think to watch on a regular basis so yeah yeah th- this will be one that if people tell me to check in in five weeks you know that oh they dropped they, they they course corrected and got rid of that part of it and this other stuff is really good and who doesn't want to watch liver and cox and do hill every week because i mean don't we all um, we do yeah then 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 i could maybe jump back in but yeah that's it's really it's unfortunate that they've got these two very different shows trying to be in the same pilot so anyways but yay for people that we like getting network money paycheck
1: network money yeah that yeah I'm I'm glad about that. I'm glad Luver and Cox is getting network money for at least 13 weeks.
0: Yeah, um, let's move on though to our next show in the week in TV, and that is Supergirl Luthers. Now we we've been talking about our Monel feels with Kara, um, yes. and and this week we get progress with that, but we also get so much. It's like it's like the writers are look, looking at their fan base or looking at talking to the writers and going like, okay, so we we are going to do the Monel and Kara thing, but like. We gotta give some love to the, the Carolina shippers. Is there a ship name I don't know about?
1: Uh oh no, wait, there is. Um Elizabeth Bridges told me about what it was. Um but I can't uh is it I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Um but it it's very cute.
0: I'm I I it, in, no it
1: involves, it takes like Lex it takes core and uh-huh. like Lexcore uh-huh. and apply I think it's is it Caracor? It Caracor. Caracor, yeah. Yeah. Carcore. Yeah something like that um but it, it was very cute um mm-hmm. but yes there's a lot of that in this week's episode um as uh, lena and her mom whose name i can't is another l because like lillian
0: Force. or something lillian
1: i think is correct it's another l because we have to be alliterative yeah uh because superheroes mm-hmm. and um is th- having her trial already and met- they're putting metallo on the stand for really bad dumb <laughs> why would you do that reasons yes and synthetic kryptonite and all sorts of really fun super super man comic related things mm. but all that matters is the fact that lena had a chance to go bad and didn't go bad but maybe still thinking about it maybe mm-hmm. and um, but tells car she's the only friend she has and it's so many feels
0: and couch moments yeah and sending (laughs) flowers it's like oh my this is like uh, okay eclexicon one of the panels that i'm really looking forward to because the schedule's out um and there one of the panels looking forward to because basically eclexicon is going to be my comic-con experience from last year like all my favorite panels from comic-con last year um just for the entire weekend instead of like a couple of day. I'm very excited about it. Um, one of them. But is, however,
1: will you choose between uh, your favorites?
0: There are some already some difficult choices that are ha- happening because of it. But anyways, I'm going to the Stephen Universe panel. If it does mean that I'm missing out on, them. I think it's the shoot reunion or something. Anyways, these are things decisions will have to be made. But um, one of them is queer baiting versus uh queer subtext, um and. I was watching this. I was, I was like, "Supergirl, you are very lucky that you are doing this after you have, like, garnered all of this goodwill with with uh, with Alex and uh, and 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 the arc that they've given her this season." Because I would almost like, because it's so blatant. There's so much there that I would almost feel like they were being mean <laughs> to those shippers. You know what I mean? Because uh, I don't. Because I don't believe, unfortunately, that the CW and Supergirl will have Supergirl be by. Right, right.
1: It would be no. wonderful
0: if they would, but I just don't right. see it happening. Well, I think the
1: CW would be fine with it. I think Warner Brothers slash DC Entertainment would go. Yeah. W- we need you to pump those brakes just a little bit. Yeah. Guys. Um. Subtext. Sure. Go for it. Um. Get it going. That's that's cool. But um. We're not gonna actually let her be by.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and because it, it's like there's so. Because again, it's so explicit with the the Kara and and Lena, like just schmooping exchanges, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and but, both
1: of the actresses are really playing it up too. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's fun, and it's I enjoyed the episode. I just I still enjoy that this is a show. that's so, so totally happy to go to do that. Yes. Um, but it almost feels a little mean because I don't believe they'll follow through with it. So I would love to hear from some of our queer listeners about how you feel about that. Um, and if, like, anybody is getting the hundred, like, fe- feelings about this. Um, like, it's a little too good to be true and just kind of waiting for them to screw it up. Because um, right now I'm in a very... Happy Place with Supergirl. There was a lot of really fun stuff in this episode. I enjoyed the flashbacks with Lex. I enjoyed um, sort of this like parallel of adopted children with Kara and with and with Lena. And um, I enjoyed giving James some some other context of okay, but I've already watched one of my very good friends get betrayed by a Luther. You know, like and I I enjoyed what they did with that. And there was I pretty much I, I enjoyed this whole episode, but I do still wonder about that, that portion of the show and, and how, how the queer fan base responds to it. So I'd be very curious to hear from, from some of them.
1: Yeah, I would be as well. I mean, a lot of mine is just, I based in the writing and the chemistry between those two actors mm-hmm. and, and the fact that they're leaning into it, but I'm also not like you. I'm not convinced that anything's going to come of it. And I'm, on some level, I'm just okay with that because I'm just reading subtext and reading, making subtext text. Because and, it is. I mean, come right, on. Right. <laughs> it is, and um, uh, I, I feel like it would be interesting to watch the show use this as a way to try to further develop this concept of Kara's uh, sexuality and try to try to have her figure this out in terms of where she falls. Mm-hmm. um if she falls anywhere and using lena and monel and um james uh earlier in the season much much earlier like yeah season two premiere early um to like try to work that out figure that out but again like we talked about corporate interests probably prevent too much progressiveness from happening with the the title iconic character Mm -hmm. Uh, but like you said the rest of the episode is just really good i enjoyed lillian uh, kidnap breaking lena out of jail just so that she could open lex's warehouse of terrors that was the only reason and it's deliciously horrible but i mean she's still giving a we could rule the world together speech and it's just like oh this is so good. This is so comic booky, but it's comic booky in a really good way.
0: In a really satisfying and, way.
1: Yes, in a deeply satisfying way. In a way that, like Flash, was in its first season, mm-hmm. and um, that I, I I was just really keen into a lot. So uh, no, there was a lot of really really good stuff in this episode, and I'm really eager now that the, in a lot of ways, the deck's been cleared a bit from some of the other um, subplots from the beginning of the season. That they can start um, really developing this Cadmus stuff a bit more. Plus, I mean, we've got Terry Hatcher coming up soon, mm-hmm. and that's really exciting. And to see where this is going to go and per- where what they're going to do now, basically. So I'm really, really excited uh, with what Supergirl has in store across the board, really.
0: Yeah. Two nitpicks, or actually, two th- one nitpick and then one th- then thought. Um... I live for
1: nitpicks. Let's have it.
0: Yeah. why is there like a last minute Jean save? Like, why was he not there? She's like s- staring at the screen. Come on, Kara, come on. It's like fly. And, and then when he does show up, it's like, why didn't you, co- if you could just fly, why didn't that's just stupid. You mean it like, was, yeah, you could have had it be like, will he get there in time? That would have worked. Uh, I need right. to go or help he her. Could-
1: right. Or he could have been busy battling, um, cyborg superman
0: or some yes anything yeah. anything else but yeah that was very stupid um and then how'd you like the uh the bar scene at the beginning
1: oh with, without us um, coming out I, I liked how just very casual it, everyone was about that mm-hmm. um mainly because um like i've had a couple of people come out to me and i responded in a similarly super casual way of like okay Yes, yeah. that's, that's nice. Can we go play pool now? It's
0: just geometry with sticks. <laughs> and of course um. is I like this even goofier win we've been getting. Yes, I feel yes. like it's an important distinction from Cisco. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and, it is. And just like uh, mon like, okay, I thought you said there was some like big news is this oh it's like earth super prejudice like, <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> and again daxon on daxon we're totally
1: okay with that kind of thing it's
0: like we're like the more the merrier <laughs> in case y'all want a third just let me know <laughs> um which uh, yeah again i thought it was it was a fun vibe and are you looking forward to mix a look i pronounced it wrong i'm sure uh
1: i you got closer than i would i just call him mixie <laughs> um, to make things easier, and I am. I didn't know that they were uh doing him. I'm. Mm. I'm kind of perturbed that he's kind of a handsome fellow. Yeah. Since Mixie's supposed to be bald and obnoxious and With really the, annoying, like and, kind of uh, light bluish, purplish hair, and the right. And the, he's got like the. Bald. He's got. He's got the um. What's the he, what's who's the crooner I'm thinking of? Not Buble. Um, uh. The other guy.
0: I think of like Jimmy Durante, sort of. Yeah. Like, sure. I can see like, that.
1: You know, like the cartoons of him. He's got the wavy long hair. And no, Mixie's not supposed to be really attractive. And I mean, he could probably make himself look whatever he wanted to, but still. Yeah. Um, James is going to be thrilled, I'm sure, to see him.
0: (laughs) And it's just fun for them to do. I'm sure it'll be just a very silly... It's a great great device to do a a Valentine's Day episode. Um, Yes. And I think that's shaping uh changing up the tone shaking things up a little bit for that for an episode like that should be nice before i assume we are going to get more intense with white martian stuff later in the season with with terry hatcher and kevin Sorbo showing up too these as different recurring villains um so it'd be fun to have just like kind of frothy episode
1: yeah and
0: yeah well, speaking of frothy episodes, uh, that's not what Arrow did this week with Spectre of the Gun. Um, this was Because, uh, Noel, I know that you've you've broken up with the show for now. This was Arrow takes on gun violence and gun control. And it was very like it was very unsubtle. Um and but I but I kinda love that they did it. I would hope that this is like I would love for Arrow to actually be interested in some of this this stuff especially given the you know problematic at best uh, relationship the show can have with violence and with just shooting people and torture and all these different things um it also as far as i understand it traces back to the comics where oliver queen is actually like super left-leaning right
1: yeah um in the 1970s um Oliver Queen got rebooted as like this uh, limousine liberal iconoclast, and there was a whole series of books um, where he would tout a very um, leftist perspective, seventies leftist perspective, um, teamed up against a more conservative Law and Order type Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, and they traveled traveled the country, encountering social issues. and it, It's very good. It's very unsubtle, but it's very good. But yes, um, I'd always wanted a. Very liberal, um, Oliver Queen on Arrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I knew we'd never get that.
0: (laughs) We get here either, Uh, but it's just again, it's just refreshing to see a show even talking about some of these issues, and especially a show where one of your characters is the mayor, and there's always a lot of violence happening. It feels like a very natural fit to the point where it's almost weird that the stuff hasn't come up previously but those were the rules of the show the rules of that you know the arrow reality was that this stuff didn't come up and don't think about that and don't pay attention to that so if this is the beginning of doing more kind of stuff like this don't get sucked in kate that don't would get be lovely in. but it's, it's not <laughs> no don't get
1: d- d- sucked into that don't get sucked into that they do that every every year oh we're gonna talk about gentrification this year we promise no really? don't, I don't feel like they ever them. have before no, they're always just like, we want to rebuild the city. We want to talk about the 1%. And no, they don't do anything productive with it. Don't be, don't fall for their yeah, tricks. But, so Kate. what they do here, though, is they
0: lit- literally have characters... Have debates about the merits and uh, and and concerns around a gun registry, around you know, like the place of the various rights in the Bill of Rights, and why are we more concerned with gun rights than we are with free speech rights when there are limits to free speech? But gun rights advocates don't think there should be any limits to gun rights. Um, And it's there's actually a very active effort to to. A bit uh, overly broadly and blatantly and simplistically address some of these issues. I, I, but it's it's one of those things. Like, good on you for trying. You didn't really you didn't really succeed, but your heart's in the right place. So that describes
1: Arrow. Anytime they try to do something social,
0: <laughs> yeah. But uh, the other episodes that I can think of that have tried to do that in the past glance to the side of it, or they make somebody arguing the other side evil. And this episode is—that's the difference here, where it's mm-hmm. n- like they like have the team split on even sides, and and, and it's advocating for discussion, debate, and respectful discussion and debate. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was worthy uh, of mention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it, in, in you—you've
1: yeah. made me want to watch it. If it's any consolation, like I may I may try to watch it and not worry about falling asleep during
0: it. That that might be a good. Good way to, to go about it, um, but yeah, yeah, we'll 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 see uh, if they do well, anything like this in the future. I will keep you apprised.
1: Keep me apprised. I'm I'm sure that like the criminal underworld of Star City is more concerned with like bow and arrow control than they are necessarily <laughs> about gun control. Well,
0: that's the thing. Uh, like they very actively use arrows instead of guns, and I know they've given reasons for that. Yeah, uh, eye roll, but. Um, the choice to not use guns is a very deliberate one by certain of the characters, and to use guns by other characters. And it's nice to see the sh- the show actually like have some discussion around that. So, right, um,
1: especially in a season that they've upped the gunplay quite a bit. Yes, vigilante, but also like um, Church's group was like really gun happy in the early going of the mm-hmm. season. So
0: eh, yeah, sure. Yeah, well if you do watch it I I would appreciate your thoughts, but um if you if you don't fall asleep. But for, yeah. Right. <laughs> for now let's move on to our next show in the weekend TV and that's Legion uh chapter 2. I like this one quite a bit more than the premiere. Okay. Uh, and I'm curious uh what you thought. I, th- I thought the structure worked better. I thought having it be a little shorter worked better. Um some of the different um style stylistic like elements felt more connected to the emotions and like felt more directed and not just there to look pretty Um so while I still am not as enamored with the series as I feel like all of Twitter is um, there was a lot more for me to really connect into in the second episode uh, now remind me you told me this already but I it's been a week so I've forgotten uh, how many episodes have you seen oh no I had just seen the premiere like oh, they have okay.
1: screeners available but I, I didn't want to like watch get them. ahead okay yeah yeah okay. I'm trying not to skip ahead if I can help it
0: okay so, so... it hurts
1: our conversations when I do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well what did you think think of this one did you warm to it more like I did or were you pretty much in the same place I'm still kind of in
1: the same place with it um I appreciate that it's less look at me mm-hmm. than the first one is but I'm still sort of grappling with whether or not I feel like there's a show here or not. Um but um I I'm intrigued at how they're using um uh I forget the character's name, his memory powers. Mm-hmm. Legion? To No, no, no. The um Oh, yeah, the, um, the,
0: the new guy. Ptolemy? Ptolemy? Ptolemy. Yeah.
1: Ptolemy. Yes, Ptolemy. Um his powers to uh parse out um the the memories and it it makes the narrative a little more coherent in a in a way for me anyway um, so I I liked that aspect of it and I liked how they were giving us snippets of it through other means but then having them like go through it um, again to like find different things or have the characters respond to these in different ways and I thought that that was a interesting way of handling the shows dedication to overly trippy sort of non-linear uh storytelling and the the, Go ahead.
0: the scene with um the memory in the therapy session was so fun and again it, cuz it's it's in the writing, but it's also very much in the performance of Ptolemy, um, as he, when he's like, "Wait, uh, wait, uh, what was that? Go back," and like in mm-hmm. his his excitement, and like you get the idea that maybe this is something he hasn't necessarily seen before. Someone powerful enough to control and and allied their own memory while he's walking them through it. Yeah. Um, uh, so it, it was fun to see him uh, energized by and excited by the challenge. And, and again, seeing a character who's in pretty much straight up control of his abilities and his powers and able to really enjoy that and, and uh, feel comfortable and confident in that. It's, I think it's nice to see that contrasted with, of course, David. Um, I also liked a little detail of uh, Sid, because cause the idea of the the girl who can't be touched, the woman who can't be touched, but never note how she's always a girl in these conversations. She's never a woman who can't yeah. be touched. It's always a girl. Um, th- we've seen this on Pushing Daisies. We've seen this with Rogue. We've seen this with like lots of different genre characters. It's not a new idea. But this is the first time I can think of where they ha- had the character also not want to be touched. And her saying, like, when, when David wants to hold her hand, she's like, nah, I mean, like, she's wearing gloves, so it wouldn't, they wouldn't swap places or anything, her ability wouldn't be triggered, but she doesn't like it. it, it, she talks about it feeling like there are ants crawling all over her skin if she's too physically close to anyone, um, that was a really nice little detail and something new for me with that type of character, that type of ability or power or curse or whatever you want to call it. Because um, usually the char- those characters are written as like so desperate for connection, desperate. I really wish I could touch. Her. I really wish I could touch. Her. And that's not her. And I also think that that's the kind of thing that might, again, speak to those people out in the audience watching who maybe don't want to be touched and would prefer not to be constantly getting hugs by all of their friends, which is I'm a hugger, but I recognize that not everyone is. Um, And so it just, again, that really jumped out to me. Some of these little details like that, these character details um, that I was seeing in this episode were really what made me connect to it a lot more.
1: No, I agree that there's better character stuff, uh, especially with the side characters. Um, um, I'm still not really latching on to David, but it's hard to latch on to David in Mm -hmm. part by design um, since David's not able to latch on to David, Uh, which leads me to the the question that I had for you while I was watching this. Um, Like you went on a very sizable concern about its depictions of mental health Mm -hmm. and powers, genius, health schizophrenia yeah. and this episode very blatantly goes you're not schizophrenic your powers just that yeah. was just your powers how did you feel about how they just kind of summarily even though they're still kind of dealing with it a number of ways in terms of treating his powers how did you feel about that them just kind of going brushing that part to the
0: side i, I in one sense i'm glad that they're being very clear about that allowing mm-hmm. there to be um you know, analogs and things that, like, touch touch points, you know, uh, certainly for therapy and treatment, but um, but very clearly delineating this is something different. Um, it's a little, it did irk me that the, that was, the the performance and the specific language used in that, like, exchange was very dismissive towards people who are schizophrenic and towards that overall. So it, it would have been nice to have that be more of a, that's something else that's very different. And that's, you know, I, it's it was an easy way for them to categorize you for, and f- to get you to, to ignore what you were actually experiencing. Um, it would have been nice to have a little bit, have that actual mental, you know, health issue treated with more, respect and and more just concern i guess concern yeah yeah from from the characters uh it felt very much oh you're not one of those crazies you know it's it's you're special you're not like those other people who don't matter like that's sort of how you're not lenny don't worry yeah um so who knows if it'll come back up but i'm sort of torn on uh on it i but I, i at least they're not trying to tow this line back and forth i guess
1: right and i I think that's where i fell was that they're not trying to like string it out yeah um, which was good even though they're still using like a lot of like medical technology and medical psychological sort of approaches like you have to do talk work and there's Mm -hmm. there's discussion about doing the work which is a very like mental health um sort of Sort of um, nomenclature of mm-hmm. you need to do the work to get better. You need to be dedicated to this. You can't just leave in the middle of it because you're not gonna. You're not going to be complete. You're not going to have completed or discovered what you need to discover about yourself um, or treat yourself in the way that you need to be treated. And so there's all of those kind of medical jargon being circulated around. Their power still, so they're still being patholog- pathologized in a lot of ways, and I mean, they're in a—he's in an MRI for a large section of one part of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's still this. There's still an emphasis on psychology and medicine within the confines of this, but they're backing away from being specific. Um and veering into a more general sort of approach, which is interesting, but it's also kind of a way to shore up what they're try- what they want to do without getting into like the same getting into trouble um with like representation issues. Like any pick any number of characters that appeared on the autism spectrum but were never defined as autistic because heaven forbid that we have a responsibility to pick that in an accurate way Mm -hmm. um so i think that that could be where they're going with this and that that might be for the best um considering that they have eight episodes and who knows like how much research they did on that sort of stuff beyond picking out some vocabulary words
0: yeah well well um i'm gonna keep watching so we'll see if, if they tweak their approach moving forward but yeah um for now swim in the right direction for me and I was less and why is this now uh Uh, which uh, is good it's good um let's move on though i'm gonna talk let's talk about our next show so if nothing else you can have some more tea and i'm going to rant a I little bit here i'd have to make
1: more tea but go ahead and rant
0: <laughs> <laughs> about Superstore, super hot store now um listeners are very aware that i'm a fan of the show and i think on the whole it's it's really funny and does so much so well um but i had some real trouble with parts of this episode like i was Considering spotlight of shame but decided it didn't quite warrant it for me i'm curious what you think about it um but the part of this episode so the idea that is that the heat is like way too hot and they can't do it so everybody's sort of acting out because it's so hot and and, and anyone who's had to you know work in that those kind of conditions will know it's very easy to if as soon as you're miserable physically you're making it you're going to end up making everybody around you miserable too um the part that i had trouble with was the seriously fucked up gender dynamics we get with amy and jonah and marcus is it marcus in the in the
1: back i want to say it's marcus but yeah
0: where guy in
1: the back guy in the back who's <laughs> warehouse being, guy
0: warehouse guy who's being a jerk and super sexist and, um, and very rude to someone who actually is a tier above him in the, the management structure there, um, and not doing his job. And then, um, Jonah's there trying to just keep everything. He's like, we're all saying things we don't mean when Amy's done nothing wrong and Marcus is being a jackass. And, um, And who's not doing his job. And Jonah's there just telling her, calm down, calm down. And, Kay, you cut it out, but you calm down. Be the adult here kind of thing. It's just so condescending. But then, and and she, uh, it escalates to the point where she fires him. Doesn't necessarily have the authority to do that, but she does. And Jonah immediately undercuts her authority says no, you're not fired. Even though, again, Jonah works for her, uh, and uh, then as soon as the guy, the, then as soon as Marcus says something mean to Jonah, and you're being, reader,
1: you're being a bigger bitch. Than you're Amy
0: being a is. bigger bitch than Amy is, which you know, of course, underscores his various sexist comments he's already said. But then, as soon as he insults Jonah, then he's like, "You're fired." Not she's right, you're fired, or I'm going to stop defending you, but I am now, the big man is going to fire you for realsies because the little lady was not going to fire you because I was going to talk her down. You know how ladies get so temperamental. It's just, it was so horribly condescending. And do I believe Jonah would do that? Yes, because he can be terrible, but... It felt like the show was with him. The show—it felt very much like the show was agreeing with Jonah and about how irrational Amy was. And she's just—you know—she's just so worked up because she's hot and everybody's irritable, and so she doesn't mean what she's—she doesn't mean what she's saying. Come on, and just oh, man, I had, I had i had real trouble with with that. It was very very frustrating um, to me. Uh, so I'm curious if that pinged to you at all, or if it's just a me thing.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's not a you thing. I, I think you're right in that the show was agreeing with Jonah's perspective, or at least Jonah's place in this, and that he's trying to de-escalate both of them, mm-hmm. and that he's operating from more of a rational, good-faith sort of position in that. What did I tell you about de-escalating, Marcus? No, Amy, you don't want to fire him um sort of thing like he's trying to keep both sides from like completely collapsing understanding Mm -hmm. where the heat was and everything but it's also the way that it's depicted is that i mean he's trying to make sure that this guy who isn't doing his job and has never really been interested in doing his job um gets to keep his job um even though they haven't got into this idea of well now all the four sales folks will now have to unload the warehouse trucks even Mm -hmm. though they don't know how and they somehow package sandra behind a wall of boxes (laughs) and that she cannot break through Mm -hmm. um poor sandra Uh, (laughs) the scanner's broken Uh, (laughs) but no i i think you're right in that um jonah just um is trying to keep peace but is trying to keep peace in a very inequitable situation that really doesn't in any other hr situation yeah it would have been very clear that marcus would have been like fired for even even if it even if it wasn't like her not having an authority to do that she, he was really rude to a female employee in a way that just is not okay they would have had mm-hmm. to watch a cloud nine
0: yeah. business
1: video with yeah The mascot or the little cloud. They already did this. Yes. (laughs) They just had a video (laughs) about this. And so I think that that's where um, they didn't. They wrote a storyline that they couldn't without repeating themselves from like last week or the week before Mm -hmm. uh, without doing that again. And so they just have Jonah like trying to play Pete. Oh, dear. Uh, mediator and peacekeeper and it Mm -hmm. just coming off really like holier than thou which again as you point out is jonah's default setting in a lot of instances so i mean jonah thinks he's doing something right um for both sides and for the good of the store really Mm -hmm. but he's everything that's being written is undermining him but he's undermining amy within the same yeah context and the show's not the show doesn't provide any repercussions for this because everyone comes to their senses as soon as they get out in the cold or the air conditioning comes back on because marcus's car does not have doors
0: (laughs) well the false equivalency between what amy was saying and what marcus was saying was what was so frustrating to me and if they wanted (sighs) to do this i think they needed to it needed to be in the performance or in the dialogue they amy needed to overstep or, or snap or something in a way that was not shown because uh, somebody one of their cl- customers like hurt herself because yeah. this guy didn't do it. it's like that's a lawsuit potential like that's serious stuff and and then it's that's thrown up as her telling this guy to do his job is put up as equally you know equally um, rude as someone saying smile sweetheart. You know, yeah. like it's these are not the same things. So, show, come on, you can do better. Because the rest of the episode, I thought was really funny. Um, the stuff on the the, the room with with Glenn. Are um, my ancestors <laughs> building slave ships? <laughs> no, no. Oh, was delightful, <laughs> and uh, uh, the the recurring um, sexual tension now potentially. Uh, with Garrett and uh, and Dinah, Dinah, Dina, Dina, um, was uh, that's that's a lot of fun. The idea that of course they were on hold this whole time, so that call is was recorded for recorded quality for assurance. Quality assurance, purpose. so this that means. could come back. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a lot of really fun stuff in this episode. So that's it. It just pinged us so off from what the rest of the show has been. It was really frustrating to me. So I'm glad that I don't. It was not just me. That's reassuring. Um, uh, Any other thoughts on Superstore or should we move on to Jane? Let's move on to
1: Jane and their um, three-year time skip. And Mm -hmm. they didn't waste any time telling us, like, whose wedding it was. Well, Mm -hmm. fake wedding it was um, because it was Rogelio and Darcy. We can say Darcy.
0: Darcy. We're just going to say it until we remember. We're going to own it. Because yes. she's
1: going to apparently be sticking around, which I'm, I'm – we're very happy about. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, so Darcy is the character's name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and But no, I, I, I really liked a lot of this episode. I really liked a lot of where we find everyone post-time skip. I liked Zen Raph, Zen but mm-hmm. I liked the hint of a Raph who went through something. Mm-hmm. And has an edge that he can deploy, but chooses not to. And I really like to. I, I I really really like this uh, softer Petra, um, the one that's found this that she can understand her children, and that her children understand her so much that she's created the second happiest place on earth, mm-hmm. with the new Marbella um, pirate themed family friendly hotel um which is just the best so, just the so best
0: who's inside the parrot i <laughs> uh, see is it that's rose the or is it uh, aneshka i don't know i'm so glad that you had that thought too because i kept waiting
1: for a parrot reveal in this episode oh, yeah. and we instead got a dead scott reveal <laughs>
0: <laughs> well we got a dead body with the name scott pinned on it that's true that's because it also that... maybe maybe scott's inside that parrot too
1: right exactly but no i was i was waiting for oh thank goodness we were on the same wavelength (laughs) because i was waiting
0: for a parrot reveal as well
1: Mm -hmm. um so how do you feel about our time skip how do you feel about how they handled the reveal that jane jane's book is in fact about michael and um not abuela um Mm -hmm. though i think both books should be published Um, Clearly, because that abuela book sounded really great though let's let's be (laughs) honest um sounded really amazing uh but um how did you feel about that and how they were handling like showing grief but not like making grief like the central focus about this like there was a support system for everyone including like their regular saturday brunches that are still going even though Mm -hmm. raf's back and everything like that and I need water. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I pretty much loved this episode. I feel like they like nailed it, mm-hmm. uh, and like like everything. Uh, Jane with her fabulous new haircut and like where she's at with Michael still dealing with that having her have this book as a method of processing what she experienced and was going through that that keeping theoretically helping her with this loss but also then maybe connecting it to her more long term in a way that's going to make it even harder to let go and move on at some point yes. I thought yes it made so much sense it let us I loved the little pops of bread deer that we got. Um, I thought that was a wonderful way to keep, um, to show her continued connection to Michael. Um, I loved uh, Petra turning into Supermom. mom. Um, and, and, and the flashbacks I think are going to be key for that and showing that progression, showing her fear um, and, and Jane helping her through. I so love that so little, good. the little exchange we got with, you know, like just the destroyed, jane and alba i'm tearing up thinking about it but um just bonding over you don't have a choice because you have a kid you've got to get out of bed at some point and them being able to like have that understanding that of course zoe can't have because she hasn't lost her partner fortunately enough for her um she has not not had someone like that to then lose um so I thought that was a beautiful little moment, and and then having Jane then go to Petra and then power through this their fears and their their loss in a, you know as Petra's in with Raph going to jail it's a different kind of loss but still given where she was at with the girls thank goodness that they are going with Ellie instead of Elsa <laughs>
1: so over the frozen thing
0: so over the frozen thing um that I thought there's that was just a beautiful way to to bring the characters together to give them the appropriate, an appropriate amount of baggage, a healthy amount of baggage and uh, animosity there, but still um, strengthen that connection because they yeah. do have kids who are siblings. Um, I just thought so, it was just so very, very well handled. Um, yeah. And, and, and you mentioned this, but the, the time jump and having it be this amount of time, like we were speculating last week, but what this episode makes very clear they needed to do this because it lets the show maintain its tone, and mm-hmm. that could not have happened if they did not jump significantly in time and showing us little pockets of of flashback when we need to feel the weight of that grief, of that loss, and of that pain, and to help the you know viewers who feel that connect to it, like you know, not feel like ignored or or, or discarded. Um, really like helps balance that and temper that so it doesn't feel like the show's just moving on but having that distance lets the show still be the same show and um that has always been and continue that dance of tones and of uh you know all these different genres that it's it's always managed so well so yeah i think they I think they freaking nailed it
1: yeah they did they really really did
0: now, which uh, developments are you most and least excited about? Like Zoe as reality show villain, I feel is so perfect.
1: <laughs> no, I'm I'm I, I really love that, and I hope that they they keep minding that. Even though it's like one clip that they've been playing for two years, mm-hmm. I hope that we just they just keep doing it over and over again because it's it's really funny and it irritates the shit out of Zoe, mm-hmm. and Zoe irritated is really really funny. Um, but she's also willing to do it for Rogelio's sake and to get the passion of Steve um, <laughs> off the ground. And um, I'm sad that Roblo passed um, mm. on the project because that means that we're not going to get Roblo on the show. Drats! Um, I was so looking forward to that. Um, so that I'm excited about. Um, I'm, I'm not super engaged by Petra's affair with the greasy fingered. Oh, adults yeah, no. only hotel hotelier um across the way from the marbella um that is just kind of a non-starter for me though yeah. I'm, I'm i'm glad petra's getting laid good for her mm-hmm. um but as, as a plot line it's not one i'm particularly interested in um and her her still like i'm glad that she's dealing with like hiding and repressing stuff still um but and that she's kind of rightful, right to repress and hide mm-hmm. that because that guy's gross. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it's still kind of, I've seen this kind of like hidden be- hiding behavior of Petra before. So, um, I'm not like super interested in it. Um, but I, the, you're, you're right. The rest of it's just really well handled mm-hmm. and, um, I'm very, very excited about, um, the show doing this time skip and, being able to maintain everything, but also really find uh, new avenues for all, most of its characters. Rogelio is still Rogelio. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: yeah. Th- that takes me to the one quibble I have. Sure. If being a father again was as important to Rogelio as we were told that it was, and as we were repeatedly shown that it was, and he doesn't have a kid three years later, it- they strongly imply it's because he only wants to have a kid with Zoe. Right. That you need to move this forward, show. You need like we're at the exact same place that we were with that. And yeah, I know that they want to do Zoe and Ro stuff. OK, that's fine. But don't just keep dangling the same problem with no resolution and no um, no re- reflection from the characters. No changing priorities because uh, it just it I just get irritated because it's such a responsible and such a an adult and a, a realistic issue to have breaks people up that to keep undermining it and then re, then going back to it as as a legitimate thing just it gets more and more tired and it gets more and more frustrating. So uh, I don't know, I like that that uh, Zoe and Bruce are still together um, in, in there. I mean nice i guess i i don't know who bruce is still and i don't care about bruce (laughs) yeah but i like the idea of of her being in this obviously if they're still together after and maybe they were on again off again we don't know about it but theoretically they are together for three years that's got to be one of the longest relationships of her life Mm,
1: mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that
0: that immediately add like changes the dynamic for her and i mean like that's longer than jane was with michael yeah that's that's a significant thing so that that adds um new things new ideas to play with for for zoe and for just you know the stuff with rahelia and everything if they're going to keep going to that well at least there'll be more um new ideas that they can can toy around with but um but on the whole like i said i think we're both really pleased and i can't wait to see what happens next i don't care who killed scott no no if scott's even dead Right,
1: no, no one. I don't care who the body in the sand is, and mm-hmm. who put that body there. Um, no. But I was also half convinced that like uh, Louisa was in the parrot outfit, but then I realized that would just be insane because <laughs> I feel like Louisa wouldn't be able to tolerate being in a parrot outfit even yeah. after three years.
0: No, no, mm-hmm. that would be like a cup, like a thirty-second long thing, and then she'd just be <clears> over it. She'd think it was a great idea, and then she's like, "I can just hide here." <sighs> um, yeah, no. Anyways, we'll see what happens with it. Well, what wins your week in TV, Noel? Um, I'm, I'm
1: giving it to Jane the Virgin this week. Um, just a really solid demonstration of uh, doing a time skip that I don't hate mm-hmm. and uh, making sure that it's a time skip that um, benefits the show and its characters, but also benefits the audience in a lot of ways, which is not always my opinion of time skips. So, mm-hmm. uh, So, yeah, Jane the Virgin by far. What about you? What won your week this week?
0: Yeah, I'm also going to to give to, to Jane. I'll throw a little love to um, Full Frontal and to the it's just the ads that John Oliver um in the last week tonight people put together. Yes. Um it, it, The actual episode was just sort of, you know, we could talk about that down the line maybe. I think the um, diminishing returns of, of John Oliver and last week tonight take on Trump I think doesn't – I have many thoughts on why that's less effective now than it was maybe last year, but um, – um, but the, I did really, really like the ads.
1: We should, you know what we should do for like next week's like segment? Uh-huh. We should talk about Trump and late night for next okay. week's segment. I think okay. end of the end of the podcast segment, we should talk about Trump and late night for next okay. week's segment. I think that's so, a good idea.
0: So so look for that next week, everyone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll give it, I'll give it to Jane. Um, it, and the closer look, the, just all the different stuff this week, especially about Trump's press conference was delightful but uh, uh, i'm gonna still give it to jane so now we'll take a break and come back to talk carmilla we'll be right back after this That was the theme song for Carmilla, which is a web series with three seasons. Well, sort of four, because they have series zero, season zero. Which is a weird season. It's a weird, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Um, but this is a series that will be featured somewhat at Clexicon, which is coming up in a couple weeks. We're very excited about it. and we were as one that I've been meaning to check out for a while, I had heard about it last year for the first time. Because uh, like, as we've talked about, uh, we are the old's we do not have our fingers on the pulse of the YouTubes and the other web series. Um, But this is a very popular web series from Canada about um, a, a freshman at a, the fictional Silas university in Austria um, who has a, but everyone
1: speaks English
0: where everyone speaks English (laughs) with Canadian accents. Um, And they say Zed Um, and, but who uh, has a, a journalism project that she's vlogging, um, and gets caught up in the supernatural craziness of her school, um, and meets her new roommate Carmilla. So Lauren is the the, the young woman, our teenager, nineteen, um, who is the main character who's running, who's doing this vlog, who's trying to unravel what's going on. And Carmilla um, is her new roommate that um, she she meets in about episode what two three of of the series yeah um now had you heard anything about carmilla um before you know setting out to watch it for for this week's episode and what did you what did you think
1: uh so no i hadn't heard anything about this at all um which says terrible things about me (laughs) um in in part like you said that i'm old and um don't understand the youtube series um But uh, so, no, I I, I did not know anything, though the title, um, after we decided on it, um, I just kind of went, okay, we're going to do something with Carmela. And then I went, wait, that's the name of a that's the name of a vampire story. I wonder. Oh, hey, it's a vampire story. Okay, (laughs) Uh, I was just like, that's a 19th century vampire novella. They get that got adapted a whole lot um, because it's 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 quite short. Mm -hmm. Um, And lo and behold. They did it. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so no, um, I, I didn't. I I wasn't aware of the series in any way, shape, or form prior to um, uh, uh, deciding to watch it in prep for Klexicon. Uh, but uh, I really enjoyed it for a number of reasons. Um, just, I mean, I could. I feel like I could just talk about the aesthetics of the show, being a single frame web series for like twenty minutes. We're not because. My voice was better. We would <laughs> um,
0: for for our listeners who don't know what's a single frame series.
1: Oh sure. So um, Carmilla um, basically just uses the same set, uh, but there are very few. Um, season two breaks this um, very well, but single frame means that it's just one frame, uh, one one location and that's it fixed camera fixed camera no movement very few edits Mm -hmm. like the first season has very very few edits and then there are progressively more edits as they progress forward um but everything just tends to be very fixed and in a lot of ways it uh calls to mind um it's supposed to like call to mind like watching a play and proscenium umness of being in a theater but it also calls to mind um like early um film so i texted you i was just like oh my god all of this is just the black Mar- edison black mariah stuff <laughs> and and um i was just like oh gosh that's all this is is like we've we've somehow gone back in cinema in cinematography and filmmaking to the early days of cinema where we just shot one thing and that's, that's all we shot. And again, like going to like two to three minutes, some up to like 16 minutes, which wasn't possible in like Edison's day, but um, it is possible now, but it's also like important to remember like because of digital filmmaking and that kind of a thing that they can do cuts and make the cuts seem really seamless Mm -hmm. if need be um, so that everything looks like it's in one take, um, but fixed so that it, It may not necessarily be in one take, though I have to imagine that a lot of these were in one take. Yeah. But that that creates it's a weird sort of like aesthetic turn return in a lot of ways that really kind of interested me. But it's also I'm sure I'm not the first person to draw that connection because I know that there are a lot of academics who have been studying web series and web aesthetics for way longer since like they started so this isn't anything particularly new i'm sure but it it really excited me even if um on just an aesthetics level it makes season one a slog to watch more than like three episodes in a row Mm -hmm. um for me um let alone eight to ten but um season two and three really fix that because their sets um become there's more room for action Mm -hmm. which allows for better blocking and more interesting blocking than everyone just being on Laura's side, Mm -hmm. literally and spatially within season one. Um, Like literally every character, for the most part, appears on Laura's side of the dorm room Mm -hmm. throughout season one. Um, Very few people actually appear on, on Carmilla's side. But it's still really fascinating to see how they play with spacing and blocking in a very limited frame and what they do with that. So again, if my voice wasn't shot, we'd talk about this for like 20 (laughs) minutes. But um, I found it really interesting. And the story as a whole, I found really good, really interesting, really compelling, Um, especially um, seasons two and three, I think are really, really good. And um, how did you feel about it, the show overall?
0: I really liked it uh, as a whole. I, I, I was very charmed by the series, but I would not have made it past the first couple of episodes if we weren't watching it for the podcast. And, yeah. and so I'm very glad that we were because <laughs> I wound up actually having a lot of fun with it. Um, this is one that um, I want to say friend of the show, uh, uh, Kayla Kamari Upadhyaya uh, recommended it to me um, it, and some other people did as well. Uh, but um, this is one that I, some friends of the show had, I told me I should be I should catch up on uh, but I just never got around to it and the issue I have with the early episodes is it's very very stagey and um, and now that we were talking about the, the you, or you were talking about and I'll second what you're saying about the, the, the frame and the spacing and the blocking and all of that actually is really interesting. I think the, the structure of the show as a series of vlogs works really well, works way better than it should, um, frankly. Yes. But the trouble I had was with the acting, uh, yeah. which is yeah. not, yeah. it's just not good to start out. It gets much better Yes. through the three seasons but the in the, in that first episode i was just like "Ooh, oh you are not a good actor lead character um but th- then i was very happy to change that opinion by the end of the series uh and actually i had pretty much everyone really um surprised me when they were when they had more demanded of them. Um yes. they were actually they were they were really terrific throughout. Uh like to keep things kind of spoiler free for now, we will get into spoilers, but for now we'll keep things spoiler free. To have Perry's role on the show shift a bit. Um I was Leery of it first, but then Annie M Briggs, who plays uh Lola Perry, uh killed it. She's so terrific. I was like, oh yes. oh you can act this oh Oh, I could, I couldn't tell before. I didn't. Oh. I didn't think you could, and <laughs> I was very glad to be wrong about that. The exception to that for me was Natasha. Uh, N- I'm gonna. I'm gonna butcher this. Nagavilus. N- N- uh, Negavanless or something like that. Neg- Negovanless. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Cream puffs. <laughs> um, um, it was almost immediately um, en- engaging and interesting. That some of the line delivery didn't always work for me, but at least uh, there was something there for me right away. Um, but again, I think everybody really grew over the course of, of the series. However, I'm curious what you think about this. For me, definitely, it's not even close. My favorite character. LaFontaine, Le they're amazing. <laughs> so much fun. Like we, we have to wait for spoilers, I guess. But the, the, that character's progression over the three series, getting more and more comfortable with themselves, um, and really uh, just like the you. I always appreciate the character surrounded by um, all of this craziness. Who's like, uh, yeah, we we knew that that, that Carmel's been the vampire as soon as we found blood in her in her soy milk right like we didn't all know this I thought we all knew this that that's always a fun character but the you know even if I think some some of season three pacing struggled a little bit and some of the beats in us to the work as well um just reliably Le- Fontaine was my my favorite my favorite character I always I really enjoyed the the take of that actor Caitlin Alexander uh throughout like the the, the we at one point we get like an alt laugh that we're interacting with and I thought that was a really another really fun fun thing and um yeah there's there's just so much to like about Carmilla and again I'm going to stress to viewers or people who haven't watched it yet if you watch the first episode and you're turned off stick through it for at least a few they're only about four or five minutes each in the the first season some of the episodes get a little bit longer but usually most episodes are around four or five minutes set aside like a half an hour and and see how many you can get through. And if you if you're hating it, stop. But I think it's worth giving it a serious try because the the initial like staginess and not always the best line readings uh, that that does get much better. And there's so much to like about about Carmilla.
1: I totally agree with you um, regarding the acting in that it is a very theatrical stagey sort of acting especially in the first season Mm -hmm. it continues into the into the later seasons but everyone finds a degree of comfort by season two and a lot of that i feel like is and i equated a lot of that to like a lot of the acting but this is also coming through with a lot of the blocking and i would imagine a lot of the directing um is driven from a very theater standpoint and you can see that in the performances and even in the staging where people are hiding behind things and very clear eyesight, mm-hmm. but no one's seeing them until they say something. And that's a very theater trope in terms of suspension of disbelief and that kind of a thing. And um, <clears throat> so I feel like the, that even performance wise, there was a sort of late high school, early college sort of feel to a lot of what was happening which was appropriate but inappropriate at the same time given the setting and everything and it made for very choppy waters to get through especially again in the first season but then everyone i think that there was a recalibration between seasons of this is how we need to stage stuff slightly better and this is how we need to adjust how we act because we're still acting in front of a camera And a HD webcam sort of Mm -hmm. thing that can, even if we're in the back of the frame, can really pick things up. This isn't a stage production where we can sort of allow our main character monologue while our other main character is just constantly reading and not necessarily interacting, Mm -hmm. which happens a lot. Um, But we need something to keep this visually moving and we need you as actors to make sure that this continues to move. And I think that that's a big leap that is created um, between seasons one and two. So I would second Kate's recommendation that if you can't, if you're struggling through the first like half hour of the series, yes, then no, this is not for you. Um, But if you can, then it's it's a rewarding thing. Um, If they had like a recap episode, (laughs) I would recommend just watching the recap episode of season one. Um, In part because season one though. It's fine, but I'm also kind of like La Fontaine in that I very much agree with them in that it felt very obvious that it was a vampire narrative (laughs) – and it just took them so long to get to the point where they were willing to acknowledge that it was a vampire narrative, <laughs> and I was really frustrated with that. Even not knowing that they had adapted a nineteenth-century vampire story, mm-hmm. I was just like, "Guys, we're in a vampire story. Can we just move this along, please? You have forty episodes, <laughs> <clears throat> well, thirty episodes, I think, thirty-six episodes for the first season, and it's just like, I need you to, I need you to get, I need you to get here a little faster, guys." Mm-hmm. But I do agree with you, but um, in terms of La Fontaine, is very much by far and away my favorite character, even though I really love all iterations of Perry. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because I would be that. You would be person. baking,
0: you would be snigger doodling in the face of the apocalypse?
1: <laughs> I, well, you have to remember that, that was the Dean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I would be cleaning obsessively and like mm-hmm. keeping things organized um, mm-hmm. in the face of the apocalypse. But at the same time, it would also probably be possessed by whatever demon was taking over. Mm -hmm. Um, So, no, but La Lapotain is, like, by far and away the best character that that this this show produces. Mm -hmm. And for all the reasons you enumerated, and also because Caitlin Alexander is sort of the strongest actor kind of out of the gate Mm -hmm. and um, brings a kind of, like, wry sensibility to things that um, keeps things moving, even uh, when it's really just Fontaine, Carmella, and uh, Laura. Laura? Laura. Um, is In season three, because it's really just the three of them for, like, most of season three. Mm-hmm. And their dynamics really bounce off each other, but you need Lon Fontaine's sensibilities, and particularly Alexander's sensibilities, to keep season three from just going... Excuse me. Too far, or, like, off the rails, really, in a lot of ways. Um, so do should we like get into the spoiler stuff
0: yeah let's go from here on uh you know televerse recommends check out camilla Darby spoilers yeah uh and let's let's get into it so for can me we like
1: yeah but the only big spoiler that matters is enrico <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay that was very strange to me for n- many reasons. So Enrico <laughs> Colantoni shows up as the main character's father. Is it Louis- because they're obsessed with Veronica Mars in this show? There's that. But yet And also they have- because it's a much more famous actor than anyone else on the show. Yeah, but everyone
1: gets like better when he's on set. Did you notice that? Yes,
0: but also there was too much of him. They did not give him enough beats to play. Um, And he could have done much more. What they give him, he nails because he's very good. But um, it is it's a little uh, it's like, you're you're still here. Okay. I'm glad. I was very glad when he didn't just leave when he's like, well, if you're staying, I'm staying because that felt like the right thing for the characters. Um, It's like we know she's not leaving. She's the main character. <laughs> um, um, but then the, when he is then off screen most of the time, uh, I thought that that worked really well. Um, yeah, And, and anyway, having him yeah. pop in, you know, that was better. But again, they needed to give him some more things to play if they were going to. Um, and when they did have him leave, uh, I thought that that worked well. At the end, I was kind of expecting him to show back up. Right. Um I think it would have been wrong for him to save the day yes. in any meaningful way which is why they were right to not have that happen right. um, and it would have been hard to integrate him into any of the action at the end without upsetting everything well uh, we
1: can talk about the end a yeah. little bit later I think that we yeah, need to like set aside a discussion for
0: that yeah
1: Um. so like spoilers like tell me about like everything
0: else okay for me it's season two season three Three and season one, um, but season two is definitely my favorite season. Right, um, and it's, I'd it's, agree
1: with all of that. And it's season the best zero season. below season one.
0: <laughs> I like season zero. Here's the thing, though. Okay, so the show is sponsored by Kotex, <laughs> and uh, I,
1: I appreciate like the joke of yeah. season zero a lot.
0: It's I don't so think funny. it's a very
1: good story, but I love the joke.
0: <laughs> I, I just like I I just love that it's an entire. Mini season of 12 episodes, which means like what? An hour um, yeah. uh, of programming. Fueled by, can we do product placement for her tampons and pads? Yes, we can. While everyone on campus is having their periods disappear, um, and, and we're just gonna moon blood and this is gonna be a thing. Um, now it doesn't make any sense, the character no. interactions don't make any sense, everything. But as like for me, it's sort of like head alt canon, yeah. um, and and that says except it's it really canon for me, <laughs> it is it is canon, um. I liked the idea that they tied into at the end of the second seat or the season zero, I should say, of, uh, of more of a destiny thing for Laura and Carmilla. Yeah. This idea of, no, she is like that. It gave extra legitimacy to their, to their relationship, which I think was important given the short time span of the entire series. Um, I thought that was a nice little touch from it, but you could easily just miss that whole thing and it wouldn't you know you would you'd be fine if you didn't watch any of season zero for me just the the recurring gag of of sponsored by kotex made it worth it it's
1: a very good gag i'm not yeah. denying
0: that it's just yeah. a
1: very weird 12 episodes
0: <laughs> I, I, let's dive in with season three the end of season three because okay the, for it just doesn't work have for issues
1: me. yeah
0: it just doesn't work and no. it's like i applaud the effort uh yes, i see what they're going no. for But it it doesn't, it doesn't work. And it
1: breaks, it breaks, it breaks it. It breaks the show. And I was really upset. Like, I was, I wasn't quite sure how they were going to resolve the whole gate, doorway, opening it to hell without doing it all off screen again. Yeah. Which I didn't feel like they wanted to do that because the library doesn't make any sense at that point. Yeah. So they had to leave to confront but and to have all this play out in the library wouldn't have made any sense unless they had the library be the final gate in and of itself, which would have been yeah. interesting. Which but, would have worked. Would have worked better. Um. But so this whole idea of Kirsch as an embedded vlogger—it's
0: um, so stupid. It doesn't make any sense. I'm glad he's there and it, they have fun with it. But why is he holding a? I should never have to think that.
1: Right. And that that's the problem, is like it breaks the show's aesthetic that's led up to this. So it 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 makes this a very special moment, but I'm immediately constantly asking Kersh, why aren't you doing anything?
0: Why aren't you is, helping or right, dead?
1: Right. Is why 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 hasn't anyone killed you yet? <laughs> and and the reason is because we can't have the camera not moving but but then Kirsch is making decisions to zoom on things mm-hmm. and zoom out of things, and it—it's aesthetically, it's a very broken thing that happens in the last few episodes, and it drove me up the wall. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: well, and if the plot and the character beats were so amazing that we didn't care, that would be fine. But it's so convoluted, and the actual resolution that we get—I had to like wait. What happened? What? Solved everything? Was it seriously just a magical hug? Yes. Okay, that's stupid. a hug given
1: willingly, though. Uh, it yes, was, it she was the heart. Her heart, heart willingly. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's um, that's just oh, so stupid. <laughs> I thought it was just. I, I, see, I, I couldn't go with that because I did not hate that. Actually. They needed a better. They needed better writing, uh, yes. for me to understand what was happening and connect to it. Um, like again, Annie Briggs was selling it really hard, but it just didn't she was. Ma- and then then because they wanted to do they had to do the sacrifice, but they very yes. actively were not gonna have barrier gaze. So yes. they needed to have a reason for everybody to be alive and happy at the end. so again, very contrived and convoluted, someone who' creating
1: papers at the beach.
0: <laughs> Someone who A character who spends an earlier part of the season Talking about how she's excited for everyone to die Brings the character back to life Because they're nice And that's completely Against character of everything we've seen From the death goddess all season um, But you know Just don't think about it because we want them to be alive Like there's too much of that at the end For me that really under uh, undercut What we would seen and having the deal With Um Laura and, and the death Goddess be off screen too. I kept expecting there to be something else, but then there was nothing. Yeah. Um, so it didn't make any it didn't make any sense. There were there were a lot of structural problems at the very end. Uh, it, I still enjoyed it. I'm still very happy with the ending. Uh, the nanobots was freaking amazing. Uh, see, I'm, I'm 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 amused that you find
1: the nanobox box perfectly okay, oh, even though definitely. that happens entirely off screen as well.
0: Yeah, but the idea <laughs> of okay, the idea of laugh has been up to something, and we don't know what. Uh, but they haven't been on screen for at least a couple episodes. Yes. And uh and then they show up and just go like Science, science bitches. bitches? Oh my god, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's so good. Because yes, science I, I get annoyed sometimes when um or like in Harry Potter, right, where they're like what is car what is email we just do everything with magic and magic is just better than science like which is you know that's maybe not a fair thing to say but that's certainly something that comes in a lot of fantasy this yes. idea of like ah, ha, ha, we laugh at your science it's like okay Fair enough, but why does it always have to be that? So, I like, when it, like, works way better than anything else that they've done, it's like, hey, at, at least... At, at least, least for a minute, it Last, did. like, you know, got a hit in, got a punch in, like, actually helped, you
1: know? And then got Xandered.
0: Well, yes, got Xandered. Mm-hmm. Got Zandard a little bit there, but, you know. But, but they say Perry.
1: But Laser Eye. Laser yeah. Eye.
0: Oh, yeah, you know that's going to like There's going to be, like, They've a always sweet... wanted a Laser Eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so so how, how, any any thoughts on, on the end here, or like these different issues I was having?
1: No, I, I totally see where you're coming from. And I think it speaks to, like, our different priorities where I was just like, the aesthetics are ruining this for me. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the storytelling was, I agree with you in that the storytelling is a little overly convoluted and poorly explained in and not necessarily the best character driven and the justifications for some of that and like the death god is like well you you did save the planet so i guess we'll give you a pass this time um is kind of is silly but i mean the entire show is kind of silly and i'm willing to roll with silliness um in that it justifies keeping characters alive and everyone's making a sacrifice for everyone else and i'm okay with all of that um and i think that that just also speaks a lot to its particular sensibilities in that the show is very driven by lore's morality and her optimism and i think that that's why i'm okay with in a lot of levels in that everything ended up tidy because everything ends up because Laura's perspective is so strong. Like even Danny is like redeems herself at by the end for no apparent reason. Yeah. Um, simply So that curse re-
0: can carry a camera.
1: <laughs> so even though it would have been perfectly reasonable for that other character whose name I cannot remember to carry the camera. Um
0: Mil? Melissa something? Mel? Something Mel? Maybe, yeah. I don't
1: know. Yeah. Um could have very but could have very easily carried the camera but it's entirely so Kirsch can carry the camera mm-hmm. um but it Danny just ups and decides yeah you know you believed in me enough mm-hmm. and I think that that's where I am with it does it does it work like on a narrative level no not at all um but it works for this kind of very pop culture driven woman who feels and is motivated by these stories in which good eventually triumphs over evil and because they very much in season one keep reminding us a little too much yeah um about her pop culture sensibilities and i, th- I think that that's why i'm okay with it is that it's so much driven by Laura's perspective that it sort of makes sense in that Laura is this overwhelming power that she, her perspective even takes over the narrative Mm -hmm. and its sensibilities. And that is why I was okay with it. Even if I totally very much agree with you that narratively, none of that last act really makes a whole lot of sense. In fact, it doesn't make much sense at all. Um, And that some of that time spent trying to retrieve um, the Volderberg heart as much as i enjoyed alt universe la fontaine and alt universe um carmella could have been played better fleshing out everything else that leads up to this um that is what i would have sacrificed to make that narrative make a little bit more sense yeah and even as fun as i found all that stuff that is stuff that i would have very easily gone i don't need this if i can have that
0: yeah well like the dean opens the seal which is going to end the world. And then the world doesn't end. Well, did right? she like completely open it? Yeah.
1: that that She that sacrificed really, her immortality. That, that really expensive door never opened.
0: The, no, it did. It, it opened and there was all the light. She was calling for her her lover who then didn't come. And they said, ah, you took the heart. The heart wasn't freely given. But then she gave her her heart, which is what let her transcend her body, which was part of the whole thing the whole ritual so that should have been the last thing that you know if all she needed was a hug the whole time or to let her have her sister let her lover out of debt like bring her she's gonna destroy the world like she, yes don't reward petulance and childish behavior but just give her her lover back and like come on you know
1: well, gods are very petty they are, they are greek mythology petty. has taught us anything
0: that's very true Uh, but this is getting i'm getting focused on the wrong things because the things that matter in this are the characters the fun the energy the representation which is so wonderful Uh, we were talking about how danny just does a character turn for no reason Uh, the other reason is so that danny can not be evil at the end you know i think it's very intentional like thing they wanted to do for for that fan base for for the fans of that character um and and you can feel that sensibility driving the narrative at times but i'm okay with that i'm okay Mm -hmm. with well they're not gonna play into the dead lesbian trope so something's gonna change here at the end and that's the reason you know what (laughs) given the stats on gay characters and queer characters on tv I'm okay doing that. Uh you know, certainly it just fits so well with the shows' us, like priorities and aesthetic and it's uh its storytelling that it would be wrong to do anything else. Um yeah. I, I do wanna before we wrap up here, I would feel uh like I we would be remiss if we had not if we did not mention uh I love the I love Kirsch so much. Like <gasps> He's always the dude, bro, to the very end. But his like his his excitement over being friend zoned is so wonderful. It's like, but you're amazing. Great yeah, I would love if if you felt the same way about me as I do about you, but like, you wanna be my friend? Awesome. Like, oh, it's delightful. And and the Baron I thought also was a really nice addition to sec- the second season.
1: Oh right. The Baron is a really nice addition to the second season. Um, uh, Kirsch is a really fun character um, it, it's really it's. I, I think my favorite thing about the Kirsch is that he really doesn't he like you said he like has an emotional self-awareness and depth but it's not o- it's always grounded in the, that dude bro there's no tragic underpinning that gets rid of that mm-hmm. and I really like that but the other thing I really like about it is that even past like once, it, once everything gets up to level in season two, is that e- even throughout season one, it's just like his character doesn't evolve anything past what it is in season one. And But even uh, within the confines of season one, it doesn't like grow really. And I like that because of the fact that, like, kind of like, for want of a better term, the bitchy female character would progress a little bit
0: Mm -hmm.
1: past that. But here we have this kind of one dimensional male character that stays relatively one dimensional. Whereas the rest of this terrific female cast keeps growing and finding different avenues and initial like attitudes and perspectives shift a little bit. And so we get this story in which a romance that sometimes doesn't feel like completely developed enough for my taste, but within mm-hmm. the confines of this genre narrative, if it were male and female, we would just take it for granted that we would understand that this is how this goes. But with two women, it's just like, right. So this is, the, this is how the genre would go. And this is how we're going to play this. And mm-hmm. I think that's really good. Like, I mean that we can do this kind of a understood shortcut where this relationship develops very, very quickly and without a too much like, like emotional interplay really between war and camilla really up until like the end um but again that's fitting within the confines of the genre narrative where if it were like a male female thing this is exactly how this would have played out Mm -hmm. so i really appreciated that but everyone all the women and um non and la fontaine get to grow and develop through these course of this narrative while our one singular recurring series long running male character just goes yeah i'm a doofus
0: <laughs> well and he's, he's but presented. i'm a good
1: doofus and i'm yeah. an emotionally aware doofus in a lot of ways and i think that that's i think that that's really good like he stays one-dimensional in mm-hmm. a lot of ways while everyone else gets to grow and that's really nice to see
0: yeah well and he's introduced and a, as a vaguely threatening antagonistic dude bro mm-hmm. um, you know predatory a little bit like you don't you know you're not anticipating him being a supportive figure to the ladies you, you're anticipating him not re, you know understanding that he's coming off as super rapey when he's insisting on escorting them everywhere because they're hotties and not taking no for an answer um, so to have that while he doesn't get new levels of awareness, some people, they're just who they are. Yeah. That's just who he is. And um, and so he, as they get to know him better, our read on him changes, but he doesn't change. And, yeah. and I, I appreciate that. Like, the, the, the context of what he's saying and doing shifts and so we like him a lot more <laughs> yes um but uh but no i thought i thought uh i really in, enjoyed enjoyed him jp is a lot of fun um it very much does ex machina but it's, i don't care because it's fun enough you know like that's a lot of things it's like a show like it, as long as it's fun enough i won't care um, right. we've already gone over and you need to rest and, and cough drops and tea and all of these things any any final I, was, I just looked down the clock and realized how long we've gone over. Um, oh, a- any okay. any final thoughts any other things you want to make sure to mention about Camilla? Um
1: no, I don't think so. Um I'm I am i am debating um like I I feel like I'm going to give them at least $10 to get the movie to yeah. see what they do um for their 5 year later thing that's whatever is happening at Silas and um so to find out what happens there um so we'll see how that goes uh what about you are how are you how did you feel anything else that you want to mention about this I just am
0: sure that there are characters that I have not mentioned that I will, as soon as we finish recording, go, oh, I should, because they're a lot of fun too. Um, As I said earlier, the structure of it as all vlogs works way better than it should because you very quickly accept that these are people who just forget that the webcam is on all the time, which the staginess in the performances early on really work against that, but as they get more comfortable and the immediacy of the camera being so close... uh, makes that very jarring that type of performance very jarring as they the actors get more relaxed in their performance um especially people like perry and and laugh who who are like coming in and out um as as that relaxes um you just you just sort of accept that this camera's just always on and they catch stuff. That, and, it, and it really, it, it works so much better than, than it should. Um, and yeah, I, I was very glad to see the five years later. Um, the I'm looking forward to the film. I need to donate to it so I can get, get it. Um, but I love that the show ends and we've got our two human girls, women, uh, grown, grown ass women. Um, well, one the of beach. them was always a woman. Yes. Because um, she was yes.
1: 300 years old.
0: Yes. Yes. But um at the beach in full sunlight. Um I think that's a, such a fun way to do it. Like and that's another thing when you have a show that is set inside a room always, that really takes away a lot of your issues with your vampire rules, you know. You don't have to worry no. about it and fall on those same like tricks of like Oh, can we get into the? It's like yes, she can. She's invited into the place where she lives. You know, like yeah. they, you don't get caught up in a lot of those other vampire rule shenanigans yeah. because of, of the way that it's structured. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm very glad to have, have watched it. I w- we will be missing the Hallstein reunion at Con because I believe our panel that we're speaking on is at the same time. Uh,
1: yeah, we're Sunday at like one o'clock.
0: Yeah, so. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure that's the overlap. So uh, I'm disappointed in that, but I'm very glad to watch Carmilla and to to be late to the bandwagon, but at least finally aboard. Um, so thank you for for watching all the seasons, all the episodes, hundred whatever many episodes this week, Noel, so that we could talk about. A
1: hundred and two.
0: 102, so many episodes. A few show notes here at the end of the episode, you can find a post for this at, up at theteleverse.org, the website for the, for the podcast. You can email us, theteleverse at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes where we have an M4A chaptered feed, an MP3 unchaptered feed. You can uh, leave us a rating or review there, help other people find the show. You can also rate uh, and review us in Stitcher. You can also find us on, uh, like the page on Facebook and start up a conversation there. And, of course, we're both up on Twitter. I'm at theteleverse, and Noel, you are?
1: I'm at Noel RK on Twitter and you can find uh, TV writing over at uh, tvguide.com for me.
0: Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, so final thoughts, cream puffs. It's a pretty nice name for the fan base.
1: It is a very nice name for the fan base. I like that a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, Noel. Thank you. Any cream puffs who are listening. Um, and, and, and let us know what, what you think of Carmel and what you, what you all thought of the week's TV. Uh, I'll hope to hear from you guys soon. Thank you again for listening. We'll be back next week. with Another episode of the televerse.